0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the number one podcast for your investing needs here at Stock32Me. We go live every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time generally uh, to break down stocks each week. We have interesting titles and all that fun stuff. Of course, we are the uh, uh, admins and moderators of the group. You guys are the awesome members we get to hear this before everybody else we got tony up here What's well, tony the- up here, and Dalt over here how are you guys doing today
1: ah all right do you think we could start dubbing ourselves the number one podcast in the world and just go with it until we become the number one podcast in the world hey
0: you dream it hey i thought <laughs> i i said i was an award-winning podcaster six years ago i, and thought I won my first award going. yeah this year. So, uh, if I say it, it it has to happen. So, but in four years, not even, we got 50,000 members in this group. Uh, we're just growing as growing. So we'll be number one in no time. Uh, just like we're going straight to the moon. Like some of the stocks apparently are going, but anyways, enough moon talk. Um, Dalt, how are you doing? The, uh, licensed advisor here from Banting Court capital lending your expertise. What are we doing?
2: Good. Uh, just uh, same as always, released a new ar- article, uh, as I always do before our uh, Wednesday live videos. I just talked about uh, we're in the longest bull market in history. And um, I just talked about the gains of some of the indexes, like the NASDAQ 100 and the S&P 500. They've just been amazing. So it uh, really speaks to the power of index in, in investing. I really wanted to stress that. Yeah, I know that's John, something. Yeah,
1: Arthur and Steve
0: yes uh thank you very much we love love when you interact if you're watching live make sure you use hashtag live to let us know you're there we'll shout you out live on it and if you're watching on the replay hashtag replay and we'll call you out in the uh next video um but guys and we big have big
1: giveaways. uh
0: yeah we have big giveaways Dolph being the amazing investor that he is is going to be giving away some crypto and stocks and maybe some later on you notice i have some new uh Wall out here there could be a contest about winning something similar it's a very nice uh rugby jersey from my good friend dom einhorn an amazing investor an angel investor and in startups uh super startup investor as well but enough about that let's uh talk some stocks which stocks do you guys want to start with uh today because we're covering uh leave the uh, etf yolo
2: uh, i'll kick off if you want okay.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Go
2: ahead. Uh, How do you feel about uh, How do you feel about me leading off with Boeing, Tony, and then you leading yeah, with yeah. Lucid, and then all right?
1: I hate it. All I right, so, it so much, but I'll get all right. It. Yeah, let's
0: bring up Let's bring up the screen so that you guys can see what we're talking about. Here's Boeing's year-to-date so far. They closed at two hundred thirty-one dollars and fifty-seven cents. American up fourteen point twenty-three percent. Tony, Dalton, let's go.
2: Yeah, so it's been a great year for Boeing. Um, Their most recent uh, quarterly earnings report for Q2 looks like they swung to their first profit since 2019. Um, The particular article where I read that cited um, COVID woes, but I really think it had nothing to do with COVID woes. It was the fact that the 737 MAX 8 couldn't stay in the sky um so those planes were extremely deadly and boeing had a lot of negligence in the way that they handled that sort of situation they didn't seem to want to admit that it was a fault on their end they were blaming operator faults at the b at the b, b beginning and whenever you have more than one plane go down um, yeah. that begins to cause a problem i think two crashed and i think they had two other instances where engines had failed and uh, pilots were able to put the plane back down on a on a tarmac so uh, they had a bunch of issues rolling out that plane and um, uh, the merger between airbus and bombardier here in canada for their mid jets uh, that that merger helped airbus steal a lot of market share away from the 737 so uh, it seems like they're bouncing back here slightly um they've had a good year and I like I said their first quarterly profit um I think there's still uh there's still woes with Boeing I wouldn't I wouldn't ever jump into investing in, in them and I'll tell you why they've had even before they had all of their 737 Max 8 issues and COVID issues they still have less than a 10 percent profit margin so they're running a really really thin operation there and revenue has done nothing but fall since 2017. Um, So even if things were to get back to best case scenario for Boeing, they're still running it kind of close um, as far as their main source of of revenue goes, which mainly comes from uh, selling uh, mid and large size uh, planes. Uh, Of course, what they do in the space market is... um, open for interpretation how much revenue they could squeeze out of that they do have some of the other nasa contracts that spacex doesn't have for the iss and things like that so quite interesting to see what they can pull out of there but uh for me i wouldn't invest in in the company profit margins are too thin and uh the way they handled that 737 max eight i just hate to see that from management all
0: right yeah. tony do you want to add anything to what uh, said? yeah i
1: think Like you said, Boeing did have some problems. I I do think COVID hurt uh, aerospace big time because I'm in aerospace and I do a lot of um, repair on damaged aircraft engines. And we do a lot of recycling work for engines. And we were hit tremendously. And um, I do think that did impact them. But but Boeing was in that rare, rare situation where they had a lot of controversy before COVID hit with their engine failures on the max. Um, But I will say as someone that's in aerospace, it is coming back. It is getting stronger. We're seeing a big increase in profits at my company. We're seeing Pratt & Whitney giving us more work, GE getting more work. We're seeing a lot more work coming in. We're actually starting to get really busy and hiring again. They've been on a crazy hiring uh, spree as of late. Uh, Boeing, it, like you said, it's not a company I would invest in personally, but Boeing is just another one of those great American companies. It's been around for a long time, great innovation, and you know, long history of success. I mean, I don't know what their stock price is at all time. If, can we pull that up on the screen?
0: Uh, so this is the last five years. Uh, give me a second. I'll remove this. Boeing's, yeah. Give me a second. So we want Boeing's all time.
1: Yeah, let me see. I got it. So that's what I thought. They're up almost (laughs) over 11,000% all time, which is just absolutely crazy, right? 11,000%. So they started out at like a dollar. So they've been on the market since 1981. So they've been a publicly traded company for a really long time. I don't expect them to go bankrupt anytime soon or just vanish from the market, because if anything crazy really happens, I assume this will be one of those companies that the government gets involved with and bails them out. Yeah. Because they're sure. such an integral part of our economy and their planes are such a big part of travel. So um, personally, I'm not gonna invest in them. If there was an opportunity where, where you were gonna invest in them, it was probably back in 2020 during the market crash. Yeah. Um, but they have had a pretty decent year I'm not sure what their profits are going to be going forward as far as like what you can expect for the next five years trajectory. I don't think they're going to be beating like the S&P 500 or anything like that. So there's way better places to allocate your money and there's probably way better airlines as well. So,
0: Excellent. Just to let everybody know that what we're talking about right now, we're talking about Boeing. Airbus? Uh, <laughs> yes. And uh, welcome to the live stream, Sabrina. It's always a pleasure to see you. Again, I'm about to be corporate Phil right now. Shell, Phil.
2: Yeah, Boeing is a of right part there. of the of the Dow.
1: There's just a lot of airline yeah. stocks out there. You know, there's there's so many of them that you can go to look at. Uh, you know, you have American Airlines, Delta, Southwest, Raytheon. There's there's so many out there. Even GE is kind of a an aerospace stock at this point because they're focusing really heavy on aerospace. Uh, maybe. Maybe like a an aerospace ETF if you wanted to take a if you're really convinced that that air travel is going to go back and it's going to it's going to bounce back in a big way maybe you grab an ETF for it I, I don't know, I don't feel great about any of these <laughs> I don't feel great about any of these aerospace companies to be honest like I don't think they're going out of business I think they're an inter- integral part of the economy but as far as investing in them I just wouldn't feel good about any of them to be honest. I don't know how you guys feel
0: about that but hey, I always follow your guys' advice when I'm
1: investing. Are you investing so. in, any, in a, any aerospace stocks though? Is there any one that you like in particular? Myself? Yeah. Uh,
2: I would I would go for if I was going to I, I have never invested in one and I'm not now but if I um if I was it's going to be it would be Airbus cuz I really like that that partnership Airbus. when they bought yeah. out um, Bombardier's mid-sized jets those c-series jets uh from bombardier were already eating into market share from uh boeing 730 before they ran into trouble with funding the creation of those jets and so when airbus took those jets over and i think they've named it it's the a2 something a something is what airbus has named those those planes but they're essentially the same plane and airbus has been using them to steal market share away from the 737 series so uh yeah. i really like planes uh, they were more fuel efficient they were quieter um it was it was all around better plane and uh, the 737 max 8 came out i think afterwards in, in 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 competition to say
1: okay well we can still carry more and we know how that went so <laughs> yeah, 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 there's a lot, nice dip there's a lot of aerospace and defense etfs out there if you guys really wanted to get into this field um that's the route i would probably go rather than picking one of these, because I don't really feel good about any of them. <laughs> but, so I have, a, I have a,
0: a question for both of you, Tony. You bringing up the aerospace ETF is something I am uh, just peaked this question. And since I have you guys here, we might as well ask in case someone's here. Um, for a beginner investor, let's say someone who doesn't know what they want to go in, doesn't know anything about stocks, but they have an interest in a certain industry, let's say like tech or um, aerospace or, you know, yeah. AI or something, would you suggest f- Doing research in the ETFs that are performing well, there investing in there, and then learning about what companies are th- they invested in.
1: Well, I think if you're new in general, you should probably just grab an S and P five hundred or a total stock market ETF, and then learn how to evaluate individual stocks, and then pick which stocks you want. Or if you do, if you are set on grabbing aerospace. And defense companies, maybe just grab an ETF for now and learn about the companies, read through their balance sheets, look at their earnings reports, read some news on them and see what's going on. And then pick out, you know, sp- single out which one you want in particular and maybe invest, buy a bunch of shares of that, you know? So it's, okay. it's tough because picking individual stocks, like for instance, the SP 500 20 years ago none of the top 20 companies that were in there 20 years ago are in there today. So it's really hard to try to beat the market. Yep.
0: Great. Excellent. Accent. All right. Uh, which stock do you want to go next to? We have Lucid. We have Walmart and Let's apparently go something Lucid, about yeah. cocaine. I do know what this that is. This is the one
1: that, this is the one that a lot of people want to know about. This Here we go. Is. All right, Tommy, you can uh, go ahead and break
0: down these financials for us. So do
1: can jump in on this one too. So like, The story behind Lucid and what Lucid is, is you have to start with CCIV, which is Churchill Capital, which is a SPAC. So a lot of people get confused and they think that Churchill Capital is Lucid. So in a way, yes, but no as well. So it started out as a SPAC. And a SPAC is just a special purpose acquisition company. And what they are is they're like a blank check company that has no underlying assets. Their sole purpose is to, they're on the stock market, traded on the stock market as a stock of a company, but they are no real company. They're just money, basically. They're, they're investors trying to bring a a private company and make them public and, and get them on the stock market and bypass the IPO process.
2: So, Oh, um, Phil, you so have, have the... Sorry, Phil, you have the uh, Mexican one,
1: I, I think, up for Lucid.
2: This oh, is the, the one.
1: My bad, I think I, I might have sent you the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. Give me a second here. Um, I think it's LCID, right, is the ticker. Yeah, ticker. they look like the same here, Phil. I'm
2: going to put the link in the, um, in the yeah. chat for you.
1: Thank so, you. So Churchill Capital is a SPAC. They're traded on the stock exchange like a company but they don't have any underlying assets. It's just a bunch of investors that pooled their money together and their sole purpose of this spec is to take a private company public. So the the speculation for a year now is that they were going to take this EV company called Lucid and take them public and they're going to bypass the IPO process. And the problem with SPACs is these investors have a very short time frame to bring a private company public. I think it's eighteen months, right? Eighteen months, something around there, two yep. years. And if they don't find a company and take them public within that time frame, then the, the initial investors get their money back. So they're not always looking for the best company. They're just trying to take anything private that sounds decent or has some buzz behind it and make them public and make money on it on the stock exchange and then these initial investors cash out quick unless it's something that they really believe in and they want to hold for a while but in like 99% of the times they're just trying to make quick profit and flip this and get out. So it remains to be seen what's going to happen with Lucid, and there's a lot that we can get into in a little bit about what their cars actually are as far as capacity and specs and sales. But is there anything you want to add to what I said about specs first before I get into that?
2: No, I think you really summed it up um, perfectly, and I like that you you told them about the uh, sti- the, sti- the stipulation that Specs had eighteen mo- eighteen to twenty four months to actually. Um, buy something or else the investors get their, their money back. So it comes to a certain point where the longer and the longer it takes for them to find a company, they're willing to settle for a lesser quality company before that time runs out. Right. So that was a very good point.
1: Yeah. So CCIV is basically dissolved and now it's Lucid. So that's the backstory of what CCIV was. And now you have Lucid and during the merger, CCIV supplied Lucid with $4.5 billion of capital. And that capital is gonna be used to manufacture these cars and make more plans to meet the demands of the sales. But here's the thing with the sales of Lucid. So I went on their website, I went on YouTube, I watched some videos of these cars. They're, they're nice cars, they are impressive looking cars. Uh, they're they they only have one model. It's called the Lucid Air, and they have several different editions uh, uh, of the Air. And the cheapest model is seventy thousand dollars. The most expensive model is about one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. And it is a pretty looking car. I must it's say. a nice car. Yeah, it's a nice car. The inside, the interior is really nice. But here's the thing. So they do have pre-orders for this vehicle, and they have around 10,000 pre-orders, which they're estimating is about $900 million in sales. So if you average that out, it's about $90,000 per vehicle. But the thing is, I I went on their website, you can pre-order this vehicle for only $300 down, and the (laughs) pre-order price is 100% refundable. So they don't really have any sales yet. People could get pissed off and be like, this is taking years, I'm out. So, well, well, let
0: years. me just understand something. I go to their website for $300 down, I could theoretically pre- prior- You could reserve
1: a car, yeah. Yeah, if you pull up their website, you're on their website right now, you, their, their main page, you could reserve the car for $300 down. Now, hmm. it also says it's fully refundable too. So they don't have tech, even though it says their their company came out and put out a press release saying that they have around $900 million in sales. Well, not really. They're just going off of base of what people are reserving. Cause I did a build the car myself to see how that works. You can build the car to any specs you want, like interior colors and rims and color of the car and all this stuff. And, I'm guessing people were building. This is like. The average car price built was $90,000, but that doesn't mean they're taking in that sales. They're only taking in $300 per car for pre-order. So you could I have to say, this
0: is like a futuristic car like this. I don't think we're ready for this nice of a car. No, no. I don't think society is ready for this nice of a
1: car. Do me a favor. So I'm getting to a point though. So this car is really nice. It does look and feel luxurious. (laughs) But the thing is, if you're gonna spend seventy thousand dollars, say you're somebody that has seventy thousand dollars to spend for an EV vehicle, aren't you gonna buy something with some prestige, like a like a Porsche or a Mercedes? You know, go pull, pull up a picture of a Mercedes EV and put it side by side next to this. The Mercedes looks even more badass. It looks even more futuristic. They have one of the one of the Mercedes has like the entire dash is an LCD screen. It it looks ridiculous.
0: This one, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Star Trek. I'm sorry that this this is Star Trek. I am this is Star Trek for you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Star Trek. Um, I'm Captain Kirk. This is my spaceship that I've always wanted to drive. This is so like Michael. Thank you.
1: So like you said, we're not ready for this yet. But now look at that. Doesn't that look even more insane?
0: see this even even like this seems like (laughs) it's going to be bad but this seems like it's going to be the retail version that this is the common this is going to be the middle class version and this is the rich class like this does not like this looks like a spaceship like this honestly the LCD screens and all that it Mm -hmm. looks like a full-on spaceship. so i'm I'm assuming
1: I'm assuming that Mercedes is probably more than seventy thousand. Even if this it's is
0: 70, uh this is a, like eighty thousand to $150,000. one hundred and fifty.
2: They're okay, just so, knocking off ten dollars yeah. to make you it see, look. You, interesting. See, you see, this so is this is not price. this is not good. Yeah, this is not good it's for companies like no. It's no.
1: the same exact price as a Lucid. So if I have one hundred fifty thousand dollars to spend on an EV, I'm not buying a Lucid. That a car that's not even in production yet. I'm going to buy a Mercedes, or I'm buying a Model S Tesla, or I'm, you know I'm going to buy a yeah. Volkswagen. I'm going to go yeah. buy a G. I'm going to go buy um, a Cadillac. Porsche, a Cadillac. Porsche Taycan. Yeah.
0: Look Let's at go. this. This is this is
2: gorgeous right here. This this. Bill Bill, Bill 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 Gates bought the Porsche Taycan instead of getting the Tesla Model S. Look at so it, that you have like look at he this. Would spend this his is money so at What
1: was that, Phil?
0: I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm. will you get away from here? I'm just looking at this, like how comfortable this looks though. Yeah. Like everybody has their like, it's two people. You're not crowded with a third person in the middle like you can, but it's like everybody has their space and mom and dad are comfy. Like this, if I was a kid or if I had kids, like if I had the same amount of kids, my parents yeah. had three kids, you know, like the nuclear family, I would love it. This. this would be the perfect car.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know what else is crazy is I did some more digging on um, some of the lucid press conferences and and some of the stuff they released. And they're not even expecting to make a positive net income until 2025. So it's four years out and they do have $4.5 billion uh, injected in income from this merger, but, or from this SPAC deal, I should say. But the thing is, are they going to be able to stretch $4.5 billion out over the next four years? Uh, you know, it, it just, it doesn't, it just seems like people are investing in this to, to hopefully get the next Tesla where the yeah. stock explodes thousands yeah. of percent. And I just don't see that happening. And the other, the, my last point is Tesla has done a good job of bringing down the production costs and the overall sale of their vehicles. And I think their model S right now is, under forty thousand dollars, I believe. Yeah. So why would you? I mean, you could model buy three two, a Tesla. or Model Three. Sorry. Yeah, Model Three. The Model Three but is my, the car my, of the people. Model Three is for the price of one Lucid. Yeah, yeah.
0: I get to say I have a Tesla that has autopilot and has all these amazing features. They but. do have
1: a. They do have a longer battery life, or um, you get more mileage out of the battery, supposedly five hundred miles on these Lucid. But. I mean, I, I assume four years from now when they're actually mass-producing these things. Yeah, so Tesla's going to be... Everyone's going to have that. Yeah,
0: yeah everybody's going to be probably using Tesla or that. Uh, are we ready to go into Walmart or do we want to go? Well, the rest well what do
1: you, I don't know. I kind of talked the entire time about that. So my bad. I don't know. Do you have anything I,
2: to add? I agree with you 100%, 100%. I have nothing to add. Yeah. Ooh, something here.
0: Here in Arizona, they have recently built a huge illicit facility. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I looked in. Arizona is their headquarters, actually. That's I think that's their only Lucid factory right now, and they're they're working on building more in California and Florida. So <laughs> interesting, interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah uh, do you want to add anything else to the Lucid discussion, adult, or can, do you want to move on to Walmart?
1: Well, no. Nope. If you're so, I would say people probably want to know should they be investing yes. in Lucid. Yeah are we investing i honestly i don't even know because the problem is the stock price probably isn't going to match the reality of the sales and people are going to buy this anyways and drive up their stock price me personally i'm not going to buy it because i i realize that this is so far away from being profitable but i don't know what do you think
0: again marcy asking should we buy should we not
2: I think it's a waste of time. I think there's better companies that are getting more sales now. Um, it's, it's a two-horse race, really. Tesla has a thin lead over Volkswagen. End of 2022, that'll change. Um, Volkswagen will be the leader. Um, I don't know why pe- pe- people think that Volkswagen, Honda, and Toyota are just going to disappear, and Lucid, Neo, and Tesla are going to be the only car companies. Plenty ridiculous. Why do you um, think Lucid has so Volkswagen much? Volkswagen can buy all these companies out overnight. It's a joke. Um it's just, well, I, uh,
1: why do you think Lucid is so popular? Like, what it, is uh, it? Was it one of those meme stocks that was circulating the internet or like? Well, what was the deal with that?
2: Why did that become such a big deal? Uh, it, it was just the SPAC, like the SPAC boom. Um, I guess when capital became super, super cheap to borrow and to generate, um, people just took the opportunity to create a million SPACs and uh, it became yeah. a head-hunting head, a head, head hunt, hunting game for taking everything public. There's a bunch of them. Electric, um, air taxis. There's so many foolish things out there right, right, right now. There's a million electric vehicle companies. Like, it's just... Um, Cars
0: with an idea, pretty much
2: yeah, yeah yeah cars suffer like when when we had the gas vehicles um there's certain gas vehicles that are not around you know saturn gm is getting hit hard uh like there's certain companies that are going to rise to the top and the ev space is going to be the same thing all these companies lucid neo they're all going to fall to the back neo will sell cars in china that's about it uh you're yeah not like see our buddy
1: of- yeah. yeah like our buddy lloyd lloyd ross says that uh You know 100 years ago there was all these car companies and today only two of them are still around yeah so you know it's a it's going to be a big gamble you just got to watch it if you're going to invest in something like that
0: like the minute one of the big guys that are still around in the auto industry fully commit to an ev vehicle they already have everything in place and it's all the little guys they're already doing that
1: yeah Volkswagen they're already GM they're all doing that already they know that's gonna be the future so yeah
0: so they're just doing that now all right let's bring up Walmart I have the year to date right now on this and then we can look at the five year and the quarterly in a bit but here we go Uh, they closed a year to date so far at $142
2: yeah let me take center center stage here Phil.
0: you're on top buddy
2: all right so yeah walmart so i have a lot to say about you walmart
1: can put, um you could put them full screen boom.
2: Well, i want to say guys. about walmart so it's been i've been looking at this company forever i think we all shop at walmart um for at least some things i do all of my shopping at, at, actually 90 percent at of all my shopping at walmart because they have everything and their prices are so so aligned with the average consumer, um, the Waltons and, you know, the current CEO of the company has done a great job with really identifying, you know, lo- lo- logistic routes to keep the cost down. And what Walmart is doing with their own homegrown great value brand, knocking established brands off the shelf or lower on the shelf. They've done a great job with that too, of rolling back, you know, prices of sandwich bags, um, ketchups, uh, everything really that, um, cereals everything they've done a great job with really rolling back prices with everything so the one thing here that i like about them is that their revenue is is stuck they have in a in a good in a good way uh, you can't really disturb too much of walmart's revenue um, even in a pandemic they're still a- able to generate the exact same amount of money as they are the year before so 2020 so just uh, another tip here Walmart is the only company to ever generate over half a billion dollars in revenue. They are the only company that can generate more than 500 million dollars in revenue. The only company. Um, they are the highest earning revenue company in the world. Uh, 2020, they made 523 billion in the middle of a pandemic. The year before, they made 514 billion. So think about that now. Uh, they can't their, their 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 revenue can't be disrupted at all because uh, they are the go-to for so many people around the world. So when I say their revenue is stuck, um, I mean that in a good way. Uh, a pandemic is not going to hurt them. Uh, so no, it's just going to make them more money because people are going to order online. Ig- ig- exactly, exactly. But the the real I, I guess knock is that they have single-digit. Uh, single-digit revenue gains yeah yeah so uh, they don't gain revenue their revenue gains per year are less than 10 percent and their their profit margins are extremely small uh, less than 10 percent so um with that being said i was very optimistic and i actually looked at buying this company i'll tell you why because i was optimistic on walmart plus so walmart plus is sort of walmart's answer for trying to compete with with amazon um so people think um amazon makes a lot of money they actually they actually don't um walmart makes way more revenue than amazon Um, and so
0: uh, i just want to stop you for two seconds because there are some comments uh going against walmart right now and i just want you to address them um because it, it shows something that i think new investors get tied up in we have someone saying they suck. You have to bring up your own shit, lol. And then we have uh, they have to be saving money. They only have to cashiers now. Well, there you go. Like, Walmart, eliminating cashiers and going automated, save them during the pandemic because yeah, they could still the be money. open. They saved the money because they didn't have to worry about, oh, we need more employees, we have these self checkouts. So you you learn to check out yourself. But it also speeds up like I, I love using self checkout. Because I don't have to yeah. interact with anybody. I'm I'm in and I'm out. I don't have to have this We're awkward awesome. conversation with someone. Like if I have a lot of stuff, yes, I'm gonna go to the cashier. But if I'm catch like if I have like three like like a dozen things, I'm gonna go quick cash, clack, clack, I'm done, and it's it's easier. So it, it's it, it Walmart was way ahead of its time with the uh, cashless
2: cat, uh, the uh, cashless cashiers for the.
0: Cash Yeah,
2: their their business line is pretty good, and uh, it's never going to go away. Um, but I think what they're what they're trying to do with Walmart Plus is they're trying to compete in that on on online game. And I I, I wouldn't exactly say for the person that commented that Walmart sucks. You have to ring up your own your own stuff. That's actually a really good thing because that saves them costs of hiring somebody at fifteen dollars an hour to do what whatever they have, they have to do at the cashier what actually does suck at walmart though is their online <laughs> their online ordering their online plat- platform that actually stinks like that i think stinks. there's
1: yeah i think they're so far behind amazon on so that. far behind i don't yeah. think walmart plus is gonna do anything to yeah. be honest so that's I, what yeah yeah oh sorry go ahead. i was
2: yeah, I'll go. I'll, I'll just finish up here on, on on Walmart Plus. So I was optimistic on how this rollout would go last year. And it's only twelve ninety five a month or $98 per year. And what it does is it guarantees free next day and two day shipping on items from walmart.com and there's no order minimum required. So um, I could because,
0: order like a $2 thing
2: and they have to give it to me the next day. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, right? So I was super optimistic when I saw that there's no order minimum because people are going to go crazy. Like, I'm just going to order batteries and get it right to my freaking house when I run out of batteries for my Xbox. You know what, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm going to use it on the stupidest things and it's going to come next next day. Um, that will put extreme pressure on Amazon. Um, so I was optimistic on it, and I was following the rollout. And I don't think the rollout has been as successful as Walmart had hoped. And the reason why is because their online platform, their app, still stinks, and it's hard to navigate and get and get around. So they still have a little bit more yeah. work to actually do on that. Um, but I think once if they can figure that part out, Walmart's going to be very very scary moving moving forward. Yeah,
0: because they they have WalMarts in every town all they need to do is hire their own fleet because they, and they've already created their own fleet in Walmart trucking because I remember reading the Sam Walton, uh, the book on Sam Walton the creating uh, Walmart and how he was like we originally were just hiring local trucker and trucking companies and we had so many independents we had the possibility to create our own trucking company and that's how Walmart trucking happened and now that they have stores like their stores like 20 minutes from nearly everybody so, like you can get same day, and when it's same day, it's like it's someone goes, goes. Oh, we have an order. Okay, click, clack, it's done. You know, put it in, and they send it off on a bike. And the guy, I guess you get it five minutes later. You know, that wow. Yep. They're changing. And if for, they can get that ass any-
2: set. Yeah. And for anybody thinking that, oh, Amazon also does groceries, they own Whole Foods. Whole yeah. Foods is way too expensive for the average con- consumer. Whole Foods oh, exists to, yeah. in upper, upper, um, uh high income neighborhoods i have to drive like three cities over just to get to one and i have to land in like the highest network place in the gta which is oakville and um the houses that surround this whole foods are worth upwards of six million canadian so whole foods is not is not the be and end all and they can't serve a whole wide range of people from that one low location because there's so few and far in between walmart's are everywhere um, so it's they're like the Pizza like, Hut. They're they
1: they're, they're the Pizza Hut of Walmart. Deliveries. Does have a grocery store too? So yeah, and they have grocery stores. Some, no. yeah, yeah, they have groceries. But, yeah, um, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: So like they're 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 literally Amazon. They're the uh, Amazon in the analog world, and if they can update their digital, they can take over the digital world, and uh, yeah. take a big chunk of Amazon's money.
2: So yeah, Yeah. that's, that's their big wild card. I've been so optimistic on that. And I'm just kind of sitting back and waiting and seeing how that subscriber growth is going quarter over quarter, but I'm optimistic on them. I'll let you take it from here, Tony.
1: Well, yeah. Well, like you said, their, their website sucks. (laughs) Target's another one. Target's website sucks too. And Amazon is just so far ahead of them as as far as like interface and ease of use and Amazon's pretty much already had a lot of free shipping, even if you're not a prime member on some items Yeah, and, and the great, th- great thing about Amazon is they have same day deliveries for a lot of items now too. I don't know if Walmart has that, but I, I will say, like you said, Walmart does make a lot of money, but the thing is their net income is they make, they make more than double the revenue of Amazon but they're not taking in the net, the same amount of net Im- income as Amazon. Like for instance, this last quarter, they made 138 billion. Wow. A wasn't that,
0: wasn't that timed so perfectly? To yeah, yeah, saying, I'm bringing it up and Tony's Actually, like, let's look
1: right. at their last quarter. And it's like, Bing. this, yeah, this is, this isn't the most recent quarter. This is the last one. I haven't seen the most recent one, but um, they're at 138 billion and they have a net income of 2.7 billion. Whereas if you look at Amazon, I mean, they're at a hundred and eight billion with eight point one billion in net income. So it's such a huge discrepancy. I mean, they're four times the income of Walmart. And if you look at Walmart's earnings from the from July, so if you go July twenty twenty, they're at almost seven billion, October, five billion. And then January of this year, negative two billion. So I feel like the opening up of the economy actually hurt Walmart in a way, which is kind of weird. I don't know. If you look at their, their income, their earning reports as we were locked down the previous six quarters, they made a lot more net income. So I don't know if they're losing money on shipping. I don't know what, I don't know wh- why there could different. be a short-term
2: loss for a long-term gain as they work to,
0: uh, Walmart update their online.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The Walmart, Walmart plus growing pains. Cause that came in the later, in the latter of 2020. So
1: I think that might have, uh,
2: played a role for, in, in the first quarter. Cause revenue jumped huge in that first quarter. Just that yeah. they, they reported a the lot. Yeah.
1: The crazy thing with Amazon is their revenue is actually going up and up and up and up and up every single quarter of their net income even as the economy opens up and you would think maybe people are going to the stores more. No, they had their best quarter ever and it just gets better and better and better the last five quarters, which is kind of crazy. And also kind of scary because Amazon's probably gonna take over everything, (laughs) but except Walmart and Target. It's just gonna be Amazon, Walmart and Target. And that's the only stores that are gonna be around in the entire world. When Amazon
0: starts offering stock, it's the first (laughs) one to offer stocks, that's when I'm gonna be scared um but it's coming i know it's coming it's it's only a matter of time uh that
1: probably could open a bank they they could do whatever they want well walmart does have the credit cards so they're nearly there yeah so but anyways so people want to know should you should you buy walmart stock right now
2: i would say no not right now um but Follow the subscription, follow the quarterly re- reports, and track the amount of subscriptions they're getting on Walmart Plus. If you start seeing huge jumps in that revenue stream, you will see Walmart jump to new new highs um, because it doesn't cost them anything to maintain, and it's just a whole new source of revenue on top of what they already have. Like I said, the one thing I like about Walmart is that revenue is stuck, but in a good way. Uh, they can make half a billion dollars in a storm in the middle of a pandemic and a recession. It's not gonna matter because you still need to eat, you still need batteries. So yeah, they're going nowhere. They're definitely going
1: nowhere. Yeah. That's it's not like uh, they're the new general store, I wouldn't be so to... like they're they're yeah. perfect. They're our general store of the new millennial. I wouldn't um, call anybody yeah. an idiot for buying Walmart stock, but they are trading uh their price to book ratio is four almost five times five to one. So they are trading pretty high, but the thing is everything is high if you look at amazon's price to book ratio they're 18 to 1 right now so Uh um everything is really high everything is kind of running hot but it's one of those things where if you just you just keep dollar cost averaging into the s p 500 and you own all these companies maybe not walmart you might have to buy the dow jones and walmart walmart
2: Walmart is up 93 percent over the last five years so Coming you close, very close to that, every yeah.
1: If you want Walmart, maybe buy the Dow Jones index because then you're you're kind of shielded with a bunch of other companies. Isn't Walmart one of the top holdings in that? In uh, uh, DIA ETF. Yeah.
0: You are sending this. This is you're supposed to tell me in advance so I can
1: have this information <laughs> up on the story. It's all, it's all. This is the, this is probably the most random episode we've done, Where yes, it's not a lot. Yeah, of preparation. it is. Uh, it, the- I'm on the my like followers. third
0: whiskey, so because I was celebrating, <laughs> I did get uh, we got a sponsor and I locked down a client for my business. That's what so I was celebrating.
1: About. Congrats, man!
2: Thank you very much.
1: Uh, you know what? Maybe awesome. Walmart is not toppled uh,
2: okay. No, they're not. They're one of the smaller ones, but they're 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 still in there. Yeah. Okay. Okay, two I was over. way off. Two on percent, that. just over two two percent. 2. Yeah, I don't know 7%. why. You're, you're you're forgiven,
0: Tony. You're forgiven. Yeah. Well, so, no mind you,
2: <laughs> the biggest one is only 6%, so.
0: yeah it's, it's up six
2: seven percent Um, so it's pretty Let's cool. jump
0: into uh everybody's favorite topic, yellowing into the uh cannabis yeah. space. Yeah. Yolo um, yellowing. You have yellow uh, nft the advisor share per pure cannabis etf let's uh how about tony you uh
2: knock it out of the park
1: here. i'm gonna i'm gonna let Doll. i'm gonna let start <laughs> this. oh my <laughs> pressure
2: on me okay so this is um I've, i think i've talked about this before i haven't done an article on it yet but i'm going to very very shortly these new um fund managers with all these clever names uh trip yolo um lose your money now all these foolish ticker things <laughs> <laughs> um that they're throwing out there i don't like them uh, i feel like they're really playing on new why is there not a moon ETF. Etf? moon ETF? yeah there will be a moon etf someone will come out with that you better believe that not uh, yet
1: so yeah, yeah. Not yet. oh no there is one no. oh there is sorry.
2: just just
0: There's do here. not invest in the moon etf <laughs> Please, whatever you do, the There's seven people that are still watching
1: the moonshot.
0: Do not moon shot do innovators. it.
1: Do yeah. not, please, God. <laughs> anyways, God. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry, Daria. Re- I'll <laughs> talk. So, so, so yeah, it's the um,
2: it is the pure cannabis ETF. Um, here's 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 the thing. When I if I choose to speculate somewhere um, in things that aren't proven, things that don't have long established business lines, I typically don't choose an ETF that covers all the companies in that new industry. I'll tell you why, because only one or two of them are actually gonna make it out of there alive. And it's usually the one or two biggest players um so to buy a whole etf to cover the whole marijuana sector there's so much excess there right 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 now there's going to be a lot of mergers and acquisitions and it's only really going to be you know a handful of these companies that are actually serving the whole market so for that reason i think when a lot of people look at these things um they choose to try and oh I'll hedge my bets and I'll just cover all the all the companies in there so that way I end up winning at the end of the day but you don't because you end up holding on to a lot of those uh, dirty bags after they fall they fall apart or fill up with crap so if you were going to if you really wanted to be in this in in this industry um, I'm not in it I've never been in it. Uh, the YOLO is up 13% year to date, but if you really wanted to be in this medical or sorry, recreational marijuana industry, I would go for your big established players. So what does that mean? Uh, your canopy growths, um, canopy growth has been a huge company that started here in Canada. Um, I watched that company grow from next to nothing to where it is now. Uh, And they've also had some growing pains uh, recently too. So all these companies that were trending high above 67 per share, which was Canopy Growth, is now trading at $24. So you're seeing a lot of that kind of hype die off, and now it's becoming an earnings game. So anybody can sell marijuana with government subsidies, but who can actually do it when it's time to actually play ball? Who's the most profitable? So we're seeing a lot of these things play out now, and a lot of your bigger – or sorry, your more – pipe companies are dying and falling to the, uh, to the floor. So if you wanted to be in this I- industry, um, pick your guys with the best balance sheets, um, best balance sheets, most cash on hand, uh, your most profitable ones, because those will be the guys that end up buying out all these other smaller players to increase that sort of yield and customer base. Um, so that's what I would advise for the YOLO e- e- ETF. As I just said, I would stay far away from um, speculative industries that, um etfs that try and wrap up speculative industries because you'll end up holding a lot of really bad companies in that etf and again anything with clever names yolo um, moon anything with a clever name i just hate it
1: yeah they do a good job of playing off of the the hype and the the trendy stuff like people will buy it just because of that name you know they don't know what's in it Um, So one of my favorite websites is etf.com and I go to this all the time and it, it tells you the holdings in the ETFs, it tells you their track record, it tells you the sustainability of the ETF. It gives you a lot of really good metrics to see what this fund is all about. And to give you an idea so they rate ETFs from a scale from A to F and they also just give you a- just want to make
0: sure it's etf.com yeah
1: it's a great website so they give you they give you rankings of the ETFs so one of, what they do is the top ETFs are usually all a letter grades and they'll have a number next to them from zero to 100. And they also the really good ones will have like awards or badges next to them saying a top twenty percentile of its class or top ten percent of its class or whatever. So yeah, for instance, you could pull up VLO and it's an A letter grade, right? Now if you pull up YOLO,
0: all right, hold on, hold on, let's check out YOLO. Here we go. What do we got? We got a C. So uh,
1: it's a C right. It probably doesn't even have a number grade because it's No, scored. it does not. Yeah. Usually they'll give you a, a a one to ten ranking as well, or zero to ten ranking as well. And anything over six for this website is really good. Nobody has a ten ranking. Like one of the highest I've seen is like eight. They're very meticulous. No. I don't know what well, they got
0: ninety-four over here.
1: Yeah, so that's that's the A, and then they have uh, those are the they have a bunch of different rankings. Oh, but they, yeah. Down, it explains. Oh, okay. Yeah. My apologies.
0: I'm just a fool. Never mind.
1: If you scroll down, it'll tell you, it'll give you a summary of what it is, and they'll they'll tell you the MSCI rating, and they'll right also give you the ESG rating. So they give no, right you so many different ratings and rankings. And they'll tell you the price to book ratio of this ETF. This is like this is
0: like the cheat sheet of cheat sheets.
1: It's an awesome website. I highly recommend it. If you're gonna go look at if you're looking in any specific ETF and you want to learn a little bit more about it, go to this website. The whole point of this is if you pull up um, ETFs like VOO, SCHD. VTI QQQ these are all like top-notch a rated ETFs if you pull up YOLO it's C. it's one of the lowest rankings that I've seen on this website and they don't even have they have almost no information on this because it's brand new but they do have a list of the companies that are in it and like you said like doll said if you're gonna buy a, a pot stock or a weed a weed stock I would just pick the the market leaders like Tilray or Canopy Growth stocks like that, companies like that, because those market leaders are probably the ones that are going to succeed because there's so many little ones that are just going to die out and they're just going to probably get bought up by these other big ones, to be honest. Like companies like Sundial, which is a very popular one in this Facebook group, and I this company drives me crazy. Look, just right here, this right here,
0: price to earnings ratio yeah. is negative nine point seven. Why would you want to have something that's negative when nice. there's price to ratio? Yeah, price to book. Yeah, this nice. is why. Why are you doing that? Why are you investing in something? To be so terrible?
1: to be fair, it's because all of these pot stocks have negative earnings. They're all negative <laughs> PE ratios. They're it's, all. It's, no just, it's, it's it's just awful. like you
0: were. It's just like the uh, car situation with the EV. There's so many stocks yeah. like it, it's not worth it because you're you can throw a dart and there's the chance.
1: The reason <laughs> why the reason why people are high on stocks like Sundial and Tilray and is because why. in January there was a big market pump where these stocks went up like four hundred percent and all time highs and then because I don't know why that happened but it, there's talk of legalizing marijuana and that got everybody excited so they started buying all of these pot stocks they skyrocketed three four hundred percent and then there was a huge sell off and now they've done nothing ever since so a lot of people got stuck holding the bag buying these at all-time highs and it may take years to get back to that
0: yeah here's your three to three yeah. yeah here's around february march it was at its yeah. highest at 30 bucks here
1: even if yeah. it gets legalized and yeah, the only- West, even if it gets legalized in the U S there's going to be so many state sponsored, um,
0: bills to stop it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, no, there's going to be so many state sponsored local distilleries selling weed like we have in Massachusetts and some of the surrounding States where I live and it's going to be hard for these companies to compete. So, uh, and people are going to be growing weed themselves. I mean, you can buy the seeds <laughs> and grow it.
0: So <laughs> what you're telling me is the best investment is like, the seed growers like get the people who have the seeds that are selling the seeds
1: no the best investment is just staying away from this in general <laughs> and just buying sense. profitable because who knows when these are going to be profitable a lot of these might go out of business before weed is even legalized in the united states i i don't know for those of you that don't live in the united states there's a our politicians can't agree on anything and the things they do agree on, they won't want to admit that they agree on it anyways, because they want to continue fighting with each other and dividing the country. So they all agree that like most people agree that weed should be legalized, but still we can't seem to get that done. So don't count on Washington to do anything for you to help you in any way whatsoever and legalize this anytime soon. Cause it's probably not going to happen for whatever crazy reason. And by then, companies like Sundial will probably get bought out or go out of business. So.
2: There we go. All
0: right. We're going to wrap it up there is, here. There is
2: over. one good, is go one on, good no, company. Sorry. sorry, just to end this off. In the YOLO ETF, it's the one that has the 10% holding, almost actually 11% pretty much. Innovative Industrial Properties, it's a real estate investment trust. They are <laughs> profitable and they've seen a wide rise. And the reason why... Uh, they sell real estate to the cannabis companies. So for all those wow. new cannabis okay. companies that pop up and go public, industrial, innovative industrial properties is there to sell you real estate, and you'll pay your bills until you go broke, and then you'll uh, go what, uh, what does that away. tell you?
1: What does that tell you about the <laughs> weed industry? When the one of the makes top money. holdings in a weed ETF is a real estate company that sells these companies' real estate. And I think the number one holding is a mutual fund. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. So they don't even have a company that can actually lead this ETF that to have the top holdings. So they don't even have confidence in any of these weed companies. You know. All
0: right, we're gonna wrap it up here. We're coming into an hour, and we usually only go thirty minutes to forty-five. Oh, wow. So, uh, Tony,
1: uh, let us know where we can find you and everything else. Uh, The stock bros podcast. Sorry. I haven't put out anything in like a week and a half. I'm I got to get back on that. And uh, you can find me in the group as always. And also check out my course for investing for beginners on Udemy. And I am going to do what Dalt is doing. I think I'm going to give away one free course a month based on um, just doing a random drawing of the people that leave comments during our Facebook lives and I'll give one of the people that leaves a comment the course for free or if they want to give it to someone that they know for free we can do that too just let me know so they could send the link to them
0: Yep. there you go oh wait no
1: this stays this goes Uh, adult uh,
0: why don't you let us know where we can find you and all that good stuff you do a lot of uh, great things for investors so why don't you share that
2: yeah uh the blog is always bantancourtcapital.com slash blog i posted a new article today just before we went live here on this video i will kick it back up to the top of the page after the video i just talked about uh how this is the longest bull market we've seen in history and um regardless of what you might have heard or what your portfolios say uh this has been a huge bull market and everybody's making a lot of money and it just speaks really the volume to um the power Of index investing, you would have made 1,185% in Triple Q over the last 12 years, or 481% in VU, or sorry, VU wasn't around, but SPI um, over those last 12 years. So, um, index investing, SP 500 and Nasdaq 100 is hugely profitable over the long term.
0: Jeez, that's uh, that's impressive. Uh, Give me one second. Uh, Are you guys just gonna tag the members in the group when you do that?
1: yeah uh, yeah yes I, of I course the winners. i'll do like uh i'll put all the names in a hat or something and pick we out- we'll, we'll
0: figure out a way to do a yeah. raffle in that as well to make sure that everybody and uh yeah we'll get that for you and of course i am phil better the host of this podcast as long as with tony and adult but i also host a podcast called investing yourself the digital entrepreneur podcast where i actually interview entrepreneurs in the digital space and learn how they started their journey. And you can follow my journey to being the podcast mogul and how I host so many podcasts, everybody. I want to thank you all for tuning in. All 20 of you, all everyone who's live, uh, leaving comments. We thank you so much. We love the engagement this we're doing for you guys so that you guys can become rich in the future. That's what we want for you. I am Phil better. He's, to, uh, he's adult. He's Tony. Uh, we'll see you in the, uh, room.
1: Thanks, guys.